Welcome to The Weekly, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. We're so glad you're listening in today. We have a great episode called The Bookless. You want to go check out the remainder bookless here on calvarybible.com, where we review a book a month, a book we want Calvary to read with your host, Jay and Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Hey, hey. We got a special guest today, a really fun guest in the booth with us. And what book are we reading, Melissa? We read... Ooh, what are, yeah, yeah. We actually true. all finished the book. Big props. We read With by Sky Jatani. Great. The link will be in the description below. So if you're interested in this book, just hop on there and download the link. Actually, download the link. Just click on the link and then uh, get the book. Wherever Have you, you used get the, the book. internet before? The www.worldwideweb.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, it's been a while. I log in with AOL. <laughs> Okay, we have a special guest today. We have the one, the only, Jennifer Jones. How's it going? It's going well. Yeah? Yeah. How long have you been at Calvary? Four years. Well, how long have we been attending? Yeah, yeah. Um, 20 years. That's amazing. Yeah. It's fun. Wow. Didn't you, did you get married at Calvary? We got married at Calvary. Aww. I love that. Yeah, that 20 years ago. Who married you? Um, one of our pastors from Aurora. Oh. We both, Jason and I both grew up in Aurora. You're the people that used the building but didn't go to the church? Or no, they did go to church. to Calvary. You just had a pastor who you loved yes. come up. That's yeah. awesome. Fun. They started going to Calvary just so they could use the church. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> that was really fun. You've been in ministry a long time, too, with crew and some other things, right? Yeah. So Jason and I got married and then immediately left for Madrid, Spain. And lived in Madrid Ooh, for two years. That's neat. Campus Crusade. That's really neat. Yeah. Cool. And then what do you do here at Calvary? I am the director of community outreach on the Erie yeah, campus. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. It's super fun. I love it. You're the one who came up with where we live, work, and play. <laughs> that language yes. is all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> so good. It's good. I love it. I don't yeah. know. It's real fun. It is good. All right. If you want to know more about Calvary, you should go to calvarybible.com. Or download the new app, Church Center. We'd love to see you at both of those places. Mobile bulletin, prayer requests, giving online, checking out other downloads of the weekly. It's on the app and on the website, I guess, too. It is. And you can just scroll through and look for the book list ones and just listen to those if you want to. Totally. I've heard people do that. Ooh. <laughs> Someone, we both looked at that Jennifer. might be me. <laughs> Okay, so uh, let's talk about the first most important thing about you two and your friendship. Pickleball. Pickleball. <laughs> I mean, if you think of Jennifer Jones and Melissa Christensen, you just automatically think pickleball. Professionals. Yes. Professionals. Yeah. Here's the around. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing about pickleball. We have played twice. Yeah. One was like literally 10 minutes or 15 mm-hmm. minutes. We are not very experienced at it, but... The last time we went, we were dinking around, which is a pickleball term. Yeah. Look it up. And um, we thought we were getting better. Like, we felt like we were getting yeah. better. And then kind of the re- there were people on the courts, other courts, and it kind of emptied out, and these two couples were left. And as we watched them, we realized we, we weren't <laughs> better at all. It's like, <laughs> it's like when you have a ping pong table at your house. Yeah. And you play your whole family and you're like, I'm so good at ping pong. And then you watch like the ping pong at the Olympics or something and you realize you're not that good. (laughs) I'm going to go back to the basement and practice for a while. It's really funny. Okay, let's jump into the conversation. Actually, this is a great book. 
It's With is the name of the book. And um, it's one of my favorites of the last 10 years. Yeah. And a really good book, formative book. We've all read it at separate times. Mm -hmm. And we sort of connected the dots that we had all read it. That's how you got on the podcast, Jennifer. Yeah. Lucky I confessed you. that I've read this book. And so now I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so watch out. All right. So Melissa, what is this book about and why should we read it? Yeah, so Jennifer and I uh, jokingly call this the preposition book. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to use my line there. It won't hit. You cannot say a joke after. Jay thinks we're nerds. We'll yeah. just say that. Okay, so in this book, the author identifies four postures that the church and Christians often use to relate to God, um, which are under, over, from, and for. And we'll dive into those and you know, kind of figure out what they mean as we chat a little bit here. But he breaks down the way in which each of these postures are seriously flawed and based on misunderstandings of God's character and what it means to follow him. So then he invites us as readers to think about what it looks like to live life with God in, in rich communion with God, hence the title of the book, With, um, where we are cultivating, he points to faith, hope, and love in a way that transforms us and also transforms the world around us as we do that. That's a really good summary of the book. So when we think about this book, what are like the high levels, like if you met someone in the elevator and you were telling them why you should read this book, what is, what is it one or two things that really stuck out to you? I think that it's, the book talks about what our, what our posture is with God, which I think impacts, you know, everything that we do in relationship with God, how we read the Bible, how we pray, um, how we expect to be um, cared for and loved and provided for, what we think about our purpose in life. Um, all of it kind of depends on our posture with God and who we think he is in relationship to us. Yeah. I think it's good to, let's define them. Yeah. Under, what is it? Okay, what does it mean to so should we define it and then talk about why you should read yeah, it? Yeah, let's but do like, that. I mean, I'm just saying like a really brief summary, like this book is like transformational because... I think it's transformational because we all at some point in our Christian walk have related to God in one of these ways. Yeah. Like I think these are all really common ways to relate to God. And even if we know that the way to relate to God is to be with God, mm -hmm. it's still so easy to slip back into one of these things and find mm -hmm. it creeping into our life without cool. even realizing it. Yeah. yeah. This is a functional view of God book. For sure. Where you helps, he helps us really understand where we might perceive God to be, what we might perceive God to be yeah. and how to really step into the scriptures, what actually God intended intends for us to live in identity with them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about under, over, for, for sorry, over, under, from, <laughs> and for. Those are prepositions that. <laughs> we'll say them in a different order every time, well, which is fine. Obviously, I did I not it. sit in the front of the classroom in English <laughs> class like you two in your preposition joke. So I think it's really important, though, that. You know, his his diagram, I think it's the best oh, yeah. of the whole book. It is good. That is like my favorite. Explain that. Well, he has width in the middle, mm -hmm. in the center, mm -hmm. and around it are these uh, under, so that's under the word width, over, from, 
and four. And I think that was like the key for me to go, oh, where am I at? And he uses with as that's the center of where God is, God's relationship with us. And so are you under God? So are you like he's telling you what to do and you're disobeying orders? Are you over God? Are you telling God what to do? Like we're going to define these in a second. I'm jumping ahead. From, are you getting things from God and that's why you exist? Or Yeah. Or? Yeah. So that diagram I think was like the most helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think about, I actually think about that diagram quite often, even like years after reading this book really? for the first time. Yeah. yeah. I just think about that diagram. Like it's good. Where am I in this? You know, where, yeah. what am I, what are my choices and what are my beliefs and where, where would they indicate me being with God? Yeah. It kind of serves as like, it centers you to think about that question in right. your life. Totally. Yeah. Simple diagram, helpful, yeah. helpful tool. Okay, so let's it's sort of break these down. I think is really important. Um, under, what does it mean to be under God? In yeah, so book? under God is kind of uh, relating to God in a sort of like cause and effects. Like if we mm. obey, yep, that's right. Then God blesses. So we have mm. like a set of rules or rituals or yeah, that sort of thing. Would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, it's the expectation that if I just follow all of God's commands, yeah. then I'll be blessed in every every area of my life. Right, which I, is a, an easy one to fall into. Oh, totally. Right. And then, and then I've had friends, and I've experienced it myself, who've followed all the you know rules or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you know maybe their marriage falls apart, and they're like, yeah. "Wait, I don't get it. God, I did all the right all the right things." Quote yeah. Quote. And why is this happening? Yeah, or I think of this one a lot as uh, when we're raising children. Because we like to think that there is a formula for Mm -hmm. raising our children. And if we do A, B, C, D, Mm -hmm. then our kids are going to follow after God and have a heart for his heart and all of those things. And it's just not, they're humans with free will. And there are certainly things that we can do. Right. But it doesn't always result in exactly what we think it will result in. Yeah. You know, and go ahead. He talks a lot about too about how this plays out in a community, like in a church or in a community setting, where people become like the moral police, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And totally. Stuff. Um, and that's what uh, Christianity becomes is yeah. a policing of morals instead of a relationship. Yeah, that's really and that's good. kind of for all of these. The important thing to remember is that um, it's not that there's anything wrong with following what the outline that we have in the Bible, the rules right. that we have, the, the boundaries that we have, all of those things. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But where is that coming from? Is that coming from a place of we're in deep connection with God and it's flowing out of that? Or is it coming from this is what I have to do for God to love me or for me to be connected to God? That's so good too. Yeah, you know, I think a simple illustration back in 2020 of January 2020, I declared I w- this was the year of it's the so carb. It's so hard to remember 2020. <laughs> was there anything that happened that year to like define it for us? Uneventful, okay. yeah, uneventful year. But I, as the year of the carb, I was going to learn how to make bread, right? And <laughs> oh, this is like, I think this is really good where, you know, we have the ingredients for bread making. Mm-hmm. If you follow them step by step, temperature, all the And steps. it's really important for bread. Yeah, it's yeah. really important for bread. Sometimes you get the <laughs> great piece of bread. Most of the time you don't. It's a very frustrating hobby. because it's. And that was my takeaway was like, so many times I look at God 
Like these are the key ingredients. If I do these steps, I'm going to have a great life with God. Yeah. And he's going to bless me and do things. And my life is going to be great, which, you know, some of that sort of true in the sense of these are key ingredients for a life well lived. He's not saying don't follow those. Totally. But just like bread, it, it's going to disappoint if you. Right. Because we live in a broken world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Jennifer, you want to talk about over? Yeah. I felt like over, at first, it felt something really distant from me because at first he kind of talks about um, not even believing God exists, like yeah. atheists and things like that. And Who would be over God? They are, their right. own authority would be above yeah. God. It's like God doesn't even exist. They're right. just kind of doing their own, they're in charge of everything yeah. kind of um, situation. And I believed in God since I was a child. So I, at first I was like, oh, I don't know if this applies to me. But then he goes on to talk about how we as Christians often do this um, in the way of he talks about kind of separating God and the relationship with God from the Bible and we just approach the Bible as um, kind of a guidebook it's similar to the living under but it's more of hey there are good principles in here if I pull out the principles from here to love other people and be compassionate with other people um, or work hard or whatever, then I will have a successful life. And the thing is, is that it's kind of true in a lot of ways. Um, God is wise and the commands that he's given us are um, just so full of wisdom and good. And so, yeah, if you just pull those principles out, then they can result in some successes and things like that. But it pulls God and the relationship out of it. Mm -hmm. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about um, even just the command to love others. And if we love others, like our life does go pretty well but but then we come to that part in the bible where he says love your neighbors and we're kind of like or not neighbors i'm sorry love your enemies and we all go uh, um yeah i don't know how that's going to work out for my own success so maybe i'll just kind of ignore that and just pull out the principles for good living um yeah, that's a really interesting insight yeah i loved um, really one of the quotes in this chapter that i thought was so good where is where um, he says the line between good and evil doesn't run between them and us, but through each person. Mm. So, it, you know, part of this is assuming that we don't have a sinful nature. Like that's the, that's kind of the over point, you know, right. but we do have a sinful nature and it's not that they have a sinful nature and we don't, it runs through us. Mm. I thought that was good. That's really good too. Yeah. You know, I thought a lot about early on when he was talking about over God, how, this really plays out in our, like, my world as I see people who don't believe in God and, like, you know, they're their own moral authority. Mm. They're their own moral judgments of, like, other human beings. And mm -hmm. right. that even, that leads such to disastrous terms, right. you know? because the, we are sinful people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I, I mean, I just, we just see it so practically right now. Yeah. Oh, in yeah. In our own world. For sure. Yeah, he talks about in here, I thought that section on uh, culture wars was really interesting to read about, like how that's just, when it's broken down, it's just two different, the sides of most culture wars that we see are just two different ways of relating to God, and they're kind of battling it out, you know? Yeah. Um, totally. Okay, so from, I thought this was probably the hardest section to understand for me, but how would you explain, how would you explain Living from God. I think living from God to me was kind of using God to get what we want. Like it focuses on consuming, 
right? Um, like we see people as commodities and their worth or their presence in our life is um, not just an inherent built-in thing. They have to earn that in our life. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Jennifer, did you have? Yeah, you talked about viewing God as either a divine butler or a cosmic therapist. Oh, that's good. Mm, cosmic therapist yeah. is really good. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yep. Yeah. I found myself doing that sometimes. I think, I mean, this is the one that we see, I think, a lot in church today, right? Like we do the things that we do so that we can benefit from it or so we can get things from mm-hmm. from God. And I think especially, I don't know, in my experience of a lot of American churches, that inherent worth just kind of fades away. Like it's hard for us to understand that somebody is a worthy being just because they exist on this earth and not because we like to give more value to someone who's successful or, you know, maybe drives a nice car, lives in a nice house or, you know, those other people are fine, but this person is really where it's at. Yeah. I really, this is a section where he says this really plays out in your prayer life when you get disappointed when God doesn't answer your prayer because you're not getting something from him. Mm -hmm. You're like, but God, I like, I'm your man. Like I'm, I'm doing this. This is like, I, this should be a yes. Yeah, He's why a, isn't this happening? Right. And yeah. so many times, I think out of this whole book, though, one of the things that our prayers reveal is where we put God. For you know, sure. Over, under, mm-hmm. for, from, or for mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And, you know, those prayers are good indicators of what we're, how, they're just good indicators yeah. for where we're at spiritually, maybe. Totally. Let me say it that way. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so for God. You talk about this one, Jay. Well, yeah, because I grew up in a Bible college. Yeah. And there was people around me who were doing things, a lot of awesome things for God. Yeah. And the implications long-term is disastrous. Yeah. I think it's pretty common for our generation, right? Yeah. Yeah, To to feel this this tremendous pressure to Mm -hmm. make your life count or worth something for God. Yeah, and it was a generational thing, I think, too, because of, 9-11 we saw a broken world and then we were like we've got to do something to change the narrative that was happening at that moment right yeah mm-hmm. and so we we're doing a lot of things for god and so when we talk about for god it's it's really about are you hijacking god's agenda and god's plan and getting ahead of him and saying we'll just do this and we're going to pray that you come in after it yeah we're moving yeah yeah, and focusing on that that doing those things is how you connect with God. Yep. Instead yeah. of abiding with God and then that's what powers you to do those things. Right. I think it leads to an assumption that your achievements are what make you worthy to God and the only things that are really worth doing are things like going and being a missionary or um, sharing the gospel or... You know, and not that any of those things are bad, but it just makes it feel like um, being a mom and folding laundry or working in an office as an engineer or going to the grocery store is just not something that is um, that you can do with God or that you yeah. can is worth doing. Or right, it's it so all goes good. back to the live, work, and play. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but as a professional Christian, one who gets paid to do Christianity, which is weird in itself. To say out loud. It is true that like people are like, oh, but you'll go do that. Like that's what 
you do. And you're yeah. like, no, we, we all do this. This I, is all our call. I loved his use of um, the prodigal son story mm. from the Bible talking about, um, I don't know, like how I said from the Bible, like you wouldn't know what I was it's talking a, about when I said the prodigal son. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys heard that story before? Oh, no, <laughs> I've never heard. Please explain. But how that shows both a from and for posture, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. one of the sons was a total from posture and the other one was a total for posture and neither of those you know neither of those is what the father wants the father wants the with Mm -hmm. like abiding with not benefiting from or feeling like you've earned a spot just with he just wants them live into the proper identity Mm -hmm. of who they are yeah okay that's a really good summary I, i like those summaries um super helpful for me so when we talk about with, what does he mean by with? And sort of explain faith, hope, and love, because that was, you know, you hear these three words all the time, but I think he made a really good connection with, with, with. <laughs> with. There's a lot of prepositions <laughs> in this podcast. Huh, yeah. What do you know? Now I'm paying attention to them. <laughs> You'll see them everywhere. Oh, now I'm going back to English class in high school. <laughs> He talks in in the first chapter about with living with God is um, he talks about our treasure and that God is not how we acquire our treasure, but instead he becomes our treasure. Yeah. Um, and the goal is not to use God. The goal is God. And one thing I thought was interesting that he kind of talks about is that um, in order to live in this way, we need a real clear vision of who God is. Um, and if we have a kind of distorted vision of who God is, like a God who's maybe up there, you know, I think some people have of God that he's pointing his finger and saying, you did this, you did that. That's kind of the living under God vision of God Mm -hmm. or or the God who's, you know, the vending machine where you ask for whatever you want. Maybe that's, you know, living uh, from God. So if we have a distorted vision of God, then I think we have a hard time doing the life with God. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah. So he dives into the faith, hope, and love. I liked in the faith part where he talked about eternal life. Did you catch that? Where he talks about eternal life starting now. Oh, yeah. Or when we accept Christ instead of how we think of eternal life is like, I have to endure what's happening here on earth. And one day, one day, I'm going to get to the promised land and it's going to be beautiful. And it is going to be beautiful, yeah. but that eternal life is promised to us now. He wants us to be with him now, which I think is such a cool picture. Like I hadn't really, I don't know, broken that down in my head before. Yeah, when Jesus explains eternal life, it's in the present tense yes. in yeah. John, which is wonderful. Like it's not like he's just waiting for us to arrive someday, but he's ready for us to embrace the God-sized life, the God life mm-hmm. now. It's pretty cool. It's really freeing, you know? Yeah. And I love how connected, when you think about faith, hope, and love, they all are. I mean, you can't really have faith without having hope, you know? And you can't really have hope without having love. Like, they all just kind of bleed into each other, and it's hard to actually uh, extrapolate one from the other. So let's say someone's listening to this podcast, and they're realizing... Wait, people listen to this podcast? They're saying, maybe I have a dysfunctional view of God yeah. or maybe I have a distorted or uh, unclear. That's very 
better word, unclear view of God. What would you do or what would you say to help them sort of process that? Great question. I feel like a professional Christian should answer that. <laughs> Congratulations, we all are. I'm not. <laughs> no, you are. You're, if you're a Christian, you're a professional. Oh, it changes all of a sudden here. Um, I, I mean, I think your prayer life is a great place to examine that. You know, how you approach that time. You know, if you're having your quiet time, your devotion, your prayer time, whatever it is that you call it, however it is it shows up in your life. Um, how are you approaching that? Like, are you approaching in a sense of like, here's everything that's on my brain, I'm going to dump it out in front of you, or these are the things that I really need from you right now, or, or is your first habit just sitting with God, just reading his word, absorbing it, um, and letting it speak to you in its own way without your own agenda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you, if you show up to that, whatever that time's called for you mm-hmm. and it's a check off the box right. thing, or these are all, if I do this today, I'll have a really good day. Yeah. You're probably in the wrong space. Totally. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of my favorite things about this book is, um, the appendix, is it the appendix A? where it's communing with God. Like he literally goes through and says, hey, do you think after reading this that you have a hard time relating to God or you might be relating to him in a, in a, in a way that's unhealthy or different than who God really is? Here are some like hands-on ways of changing what you do or try some of these things to recenter yourself with God. And yeah. I think that's super helpful. That super Instead helpful. of just throwing out all the ideas and then leaving you hanging out there yeah (laughs) it's interesting that everything in the appendix has to do with prayer too Mm -hmm. so when you were talking about your prayer life um i mean even talks about praying through the scriptures and because i immediately thought well we should be reading our bibles because that's what we were given to see who god is yeah um and so even just praying through the scriptures and um thinking through it in a relational way instead of one of my because I think sometimes when I approach my Bible study, it's like, what am I going to get out of this? Totally. Like, what do you have for me today, God? Right. That's a what human lesson? response. Too. I totally. It's okay. Yeah, totally. It's okay. Yeah. That's a what human lesson. Response. Are you going to teach me? Right. What point do I have that I can share with my neighbor or whatever yeah. it is? Or why am I showing up today? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. What am I going to get from this? Instead of, I'm just here to meet with God. Yeah, and the reason we come in with those expectations is because he is faithful to do that, right? Mm -hmm. So the irony is, like, we're trying really hard not to come in with the expectation of walking away with some big life-changing thing, but most of the time (laughs) we're walking away with something that impacts our our lives and our days Mm -hmm. and our interactions. I mean, he's a kind God to meet us in that space, no matter how we come to that space, right? Yeah. But I, I do think you make a really good point, Jennifer, about the end of the book is, like, Prayer and these modalities of prayer are super important for the process of you understanding what, how to do life with God. Mm-hmm. I think that's a key yeah. to life with God is prayer. Yeah. Obviously. It's true. Okay. So as we wrap up this podcast, my favorite question. Wait, I want to ask Melissa's. you first. So who would you recommend reads this yeah. book, Jay? <laughs> Jennifer, who would you recommend reads this book? <laughs> We're, we're sitting in a triangle. That's so passive. funny. Like. <laughs> I, as I was reading this book, I thought, I wish I'd read this book 
many years ago. No doubt. Oh my gosh. Many years ago. Like, especially when I was maybe a college student. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're a college student or a young adult, I think this is such, it's good for everybody. Mm. But I wish I had read this when I was a college student. And here's why I think, and maybe it comes from the for God, but when you're a college student, I think, or you're a young adult, you're going, what am I going to do with my life? Like what is the future and what is the purpose of my life? And I think this book speaks a lot to purpose um, too. And um, so you're making a lot of those decisions. And I think I wish I had known or had a different posture with God at that point in my life. Yeah, I would agree with that and add also because I think that's the time of life where you're figuring out faith for yourself. You've Mm -hmm. kind of stepped under, if you've been raised in a Christian home, you've kind of stepped out from under that umbrella. Or even if you're just accepting Christ, you're figuring out what, what does this faith thing look like for me? And, you know, as much as parents, we like to think we do things perfect or pastors or churches, we do things perfect. Like we're bound to mess up in many, many ways. We are human. And so to be able to kind of pull yourself away from the messages that you've received that are unhealthy and be able Mm -hmm. to build your faith in a way that is rooted with God is so important at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might take me a little bit to explain who should read this book, but I think if you're in the middle part of a chapter of life, you should read this book. So if you're in college, you should read in the middle of college, you should read this book. If you're a young adult, who's like learning how to live in the world and have a job and, you know, have a career, you should in the middle part of that story, you should read this book. If you're a parent in the middle years of parenting, you should read this book. Yeah. So as you think about, it's not about, because it's super helpful to come back to this because those are the day-to-day mundane moments of those stories. It's not the beginning, something new, something you're leaving behind, but something that you can really say in the middle part of the story. How do I view God and how am I doing just, just this chapter of life with him? Yeah. And so if you're like a life group that's middle age kid parents or you know those those middle stories yep. I think would be a best place to read this with a community. Yeah, and I think it's great to it would, is a great book to read with a community. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the way that it's even just the book itself is structured lends itself to and he offers in the back lots of discussion questions. Mm-hmm. So if you're the sort of life group leader that likes to read books, but isn't sure where to go from there as far as asking questions. It makes it really easy. Totally. And I w- I've actually never made this recommendation on book lists, oh, although I'll have I'm to so go excited. look, look oh. back because I'll say remember. Some I have it all locked away <laughs> yeah, up here. I'm sh- I know you do. <laughs> Trust me, I'm well aware of that. That's the scary part. Um, I would recommend you buying this book for a friend, buying it for you and buy a friend and say, meet me for coffee for the next six months every other week over a cup of coffee and let's talk about this because I think it, it takes some slow yeah processing slow processing mm-hmm. over a bunch of different conversations to really understand how you view God what are some of the false views and what are some of the better realities you can live into yeah mm-hmm. so I can confirm that that's the first time you've uh recommended <laughs> 
You're like sort of, except you've definitely recommended coffee before. I'm sure. I have. Oh, I'm sure that's not the first time. <laughs> that's definitely not the first time. Hey, Jennifer, thanks for being here with yeah, us. Yeah, sure. it was so fun. It's super fun to have you in the booth. Thanks for all you do at Calvary, and thanks for being an awesome human being. <laughs> thanks. It was fun. Melissa, it's always good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too. What's next on a book list, huh? I don't know. Well, TBD. Let's wait and see who we can uh, wrangle in the <laughs> hallway and figure out what they're reading. Hey, what are you reading? Oh, yeah, we read oh, that. Oh, yeah. Too. Let's go on the podcast and talk about <laughs> it. Totally. People beware. Are gonna, all of you people out there, beware. I know people are going to be avoiding Jay yeah, and I for a while. <laughs> hey, Calvary, we want to know what you think we should read. So write to us at theweekly at calvarybible.com. And I just cannot help but think about all the prepositions we said today. That's right. Under, over, from, for, with. My goodness. Okay, it was fun. Thanks, Calvary, for listening. Talk to you later.